I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is life-changing. And Father, many here today fought the bed, they fought sleep, they even fought the weather to get here. And so I'm asking in Jesus' name that you will speak to our hearts by your spirit and that, Father, you will cause your word to come alive. And as I decrease now, I thank you for the anointing to teach every person here that when they leave today, their spiritual eyes will be open, their minds would have been renewed, and their hearts will be changed to live a life that is not just pleasing to you, but live a life, Father, that will create blessings for them. And so I thank you now for receptive hearts and ears in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Our current series is entitled Survivor. Everybody say Survivor. We've separated our services to accommodate our married couples in one service and our single service in today's service right now. And we're on our fourth and final lesson. And as I kept preparing for the singles lesson, I kept asking myself the question, if I was single, what area would be most important for me that would help me get married or to help me maintain healthy relationships? And I kept coming up with the same thing. And here's the topic of today's lesson. And it is overcoming rejection overcoming rejection because rejection blurs our perception everybody I believe in this room in one situation or another I believe have experienced rejection and it's not what happens to us that matters it's actually how we perceive what happens to us that matters so my goal today is to help you overcome rejection so that you're ready for number one a quality life and then quality relationships for the future. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down overcome re overcoming rejection. And if you're not taking notes, I want you to write down overcoming rejection. Now I want you to turn your Bibles to two verses of Scripture. Find John chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 3. That was John chapter 4, verse 3. And then I want you to find Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to look in verse 12. That was John chapter 4, verses 3. And then we're going to find Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Rejection affects our perception. Say this with me. Say, rejection affects our perception. Now, many people read this story I'm about to read, and they read it from a different perspective. But I'm going to show you that there was a part of this lady's life that she experienced rejection, and that was why she responded to Jesus the way she did. 
In John chapter 4, starting in verse 3, it says, and Jesus said, he must needs go through Samaria. Then he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, he sat by the well, and it was about the sixth hour, verse 7. There came to him a woman of Samaria to draw some water. And Jesus said unto her, give me some water to drink. Very simple question. But watch her response because when you don't know that you've been injured by rejection, you don't know that your response is different than what it should be. Watch her response. Verse 8. For his disciples were going away into the city to buy some meat. Then said the woman of Samaria to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink from me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have, watch this now, no dealings with the Samaritans. Notice that Jesus only asked this lady for a cup of water. But her response to such a simple request was deeper than her religion. It was deeper than what the surface says. What was really going on in part of this lady's life is that she had experienced rejection. Because even her response says, well, we're, 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 Jew, we're Samaritans and Jews don't, don't have anything to do with Samaritans. How many know that that's a form of rejection? So here it is. This lady is responding from her past. Look in verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, then you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. Everybody say living water. So now Jesus says to her, if you really knew who I was, then you would really be asking me for some water. Now, no one in their right mind would reject a request from the Savior. So which says to me that this lady's perception had to be wrong and had to be bent because rejection always happens to a person who doesn't have a defense system up. Now I'm going to show you how you put your defense system up in just a second. Because of past rejection from the wrong people, this lady began to, re to reject the right person. Y'all will get that in a minute. I'm going to say this again. Because she had experienced rejection from the wrong type of people, she actually started rejecting the right person. Which says, if you don't deal with rejection, God can bring the right person into your life. But because you haven't dealt with rejection from the last person, then you're going to reject the present person. And the present person could be the right person. Now, the word rejection, if you're taking notes, it means to throw out as unsatisfactory. It also means worthless or to fail to accept. In other words, when someone has been rejected, it means that they have failed to be accepted. They feel worthless or they've been thrown out as being unsatisfactory. And many people experience rejection so early that they don't have the proper defense system or mechanism set up to overcome that. Now, let me give you three ways 
these are primary ways in which rejection happens so you can find yourself. Number one, rejection can actually start in the womb. In other words, you could have, you could have experienced rejection before you even got here. You say, well, Pastor, how is that? First of all, let me, let, me, let me tell you, once a sperm hits an egg, a live person is born. It's not just a thing or an it, it's a person. It may not be a fully developed person, but it's a person. Life begins. Now watch this. You say, well, how can a person experience rejection and they are still in the womb? Because if the person who's having the baby didn't want the baby or didn't get pregnant on purpose, then they may be rejecting that baby from the beginning. I mean, some of you all were babies that weren't planned for. We call them surprises. Well, some surprises are good and some surprises are not. Well, depending on what type of surprise you were, Guess what? You could have been rejected from the womb. People like, don't like to talk about this, but see what happens is, let's say for instance, and this happens a lot when people are born out of wedlock. When they actually get pregnant and the mom may say, okay, I'm fine with being pregnant, but the dad doesn't want the baby. So watch this. So even though the mom wanted the baby and the dad didn't, the baby's still going to experience rejection from the father because he doesn't want him. So watch this. Here you are now in the womb experiencing rejection. You have no mechanisms to put up because you have no, you haven't even been born yet. So in the womb, everybody say in the womb. Here's a second way you experience rejection in relationships. Now, I don't know about you. But growing up, I've had plenty of girls to, to not give me their telephone number. How many know that's a form of rejection? Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure somewhere in your relationships, especially if you are divorced or have been divorced, there can be some form of rejection that happened in those relationships. And if you don't watch it, Guess what will happen? You will carry that rejection from your last relationship over to your new one. And, and you wonder why you have all these walls up or all this criteria that nobody's ever going to meet. It's not because you don't want to get married. It's because you're scared to get married. Here's number three. In life experiences. Those are three ways in which rejection can happen. In the womb, in relationships, and in life experiences. Because see, life doesn't always come across as fair. So here it is. You can just be part of just, just, you know, just growing up. See, I was teased growing up because I was smart. And see, nowadays, it, it's almost a curse to be smart because people are going to persecute you. It's, it's, almost, it's almost better now in kids' eyes to be dumb because at least they won't mess with you. But how many know that's backwards? But see, that's, that's rejection, though. So we have to teach our kids that really you don't need acceptance from nobody other than who's important to you. Amen. Rejection will cause you re to reject what you should accept. I'm going to say that again. Rejection will cause you to reject what you should accept. Let's go back to this lady because she goes on now in verse 11. 
It says, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. From where, how would you give living water? Verse 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us his well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drink of this water is going to thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him, watch this, he shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. Watch verse 15. The woman said unto him, sir, give me some of this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband. Now, why is Jesus asking to talk to her husband? Because anytime you experience rejection, you always find a substitute. This lady, he's going to find out, he already knew, she has several substitutes in her life since she had experienced rejection. Well, let's see what those substitutes were. It goes on to say in verse uh, 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus, notice she wasn't quite honest with Jesus. Because when you experience rejection, you're not honest with people. That's why you don't tell people when you date them for nine months or so that, you know, you have kids. Because you don't want them to, because you, you feel they're going to reject you, so I, I'm just going to hide this from them. That's why you haven't told them you've been married before. I'm talking to somebody right now. You haven't told that man that you've, you've been married before. You don't want to tell him because you feel if you tell him, he's going to reject you. But how many know it doesn't matter who rejects you. What matters is who accepts you. Yes. So it goes on to say, she says, well, he says, I know you have no husbands. For you have had, come on class. How many? How many? Look at your person next to you and say, how many times you've been married? And look at your other neighbor and say, is it five? And then he said, and then the man you with right now, he's not even your husband. She was with somebody else's husband. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. He ain't talking to me. Now look at him again and say, but he might be talking to you though. <laughs> Let me tell you what rejection sounds like and then we're going to get to the remedy. Rejection sounds like this. I would never find someone who likes me. Here's another one. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that good at that or... I'm not good enough the way I am. So, you know, you're actually wearing weave because weave makes you feel good about you. If I check any hair. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to want to look good and it's another thing for that thing to make you you. Here's what rejection sounds like. If I just had this, or if I just 
uh, was born in this family. Or if this hadn't happened to me, or if I had never met that person. See, what's really happened is you've, you've experienced rejection and you haven't done nothing with it. And let me tell you something. It will hinder you from getting married. Or if you get married and you've, you've experienced rejection and haven't dealt with it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get married and be a mess. Rejection will always cause you to accept the, accept the substitute or what I call accept something artificial. Hmm. See, a substitute satisfies for a little while, but because it's so shallow, it will still create discontentment. That's why this lady had five husbands. You would think by now one of those five would have been okay. But let me use my holy imagination. Maybe this lady, the first time she got married, experienced rejection. And he told her everything she wasn't. I don't know. Nobody going to marry you. I don't know. You, you know how they give you that look like. Well, how many know that that can get inside of your heart? And so rejection starts, watch this now, in the soul, and then it moves into the heart. See, your soul is your will, your mind, your soul, your imagination, and how you think. That's where your soul is. And the only remedy to separating the soul from the spirit is the word. Go to Hebrews chapter 4 very quickly. Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. I think the average single person has never dealt with, first of all, they don't know they're experiencing rejection. They don't even know that they, that, that, that's why your list is so long. That's why when you meet somebody, they can never add up to your list. I'm talking to some men now. You got this long list of what she needs to be. And you know what? You know why? She can even meet everything on that list and still not be enough because you haven't accepted you. Amen. Do you know you can't accept anybody else until you accept you? In Hebrews chapter 4, let me show you how powerful the word is. In verse 12, it says, for the word of God is quick. That word quick means alive. And it's powerful and it's sharper than any any two-edged sword. Watch this. It pierces even to the dividing apart of soul and what? spirit and of the joints in the marrow and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart so guess what the only thing that can get inside of me and separate my soul from my spirit and make things right is the word everybody say the word now go over to the book of psalm 19 go to psalm 19 psalm 19 in order to change you must rearrange. You know how, you know, I tell people at times, if you don't have money to, to redecorate your house, just move your furniture around. Just move it around. Just put the couch over here, put the chair over here, move this picture, move that picture. Hey, next thing you know, you look like you got another place. Well, in order to change, you must rearrange. In order to change your soul from having that rejection type spirit, you got to rearrange your soul. In Psalm, what I tell you to go, 19, I'm going to start in verse 7. This is so powerful. It says here, let me get to it. 
It says here in verse 7. The law or the word of the Lord is what? Perfect and what else? It does what to the soul? It converts the what? The word convert there means to change over or it also means to return back to the original state. It means to refresh. So basically, God's word is designed to watch this. Put your soul back in the original state that God uh, had it in the first place. In other words, God made you perfect. It's the world that messed you up. So the word, if you get it in you, is designed to go inside of your soul, convert it, change it, refresh it, convert it over to as if nothing else actually happened. The word is like Drano. You put Drano into a clog, what happens? You don't even have to do no work, man. Just pour it down off in the system. Let it sit for a little while. That's what the word will do in your spirit. The word will cleanse your soul up. I mean, where your wrong thinking has been, it will convert your thinking. Amen. Now go to Psalm 23. Just go over to Psalm 23. Watch, we're going to see this word uh, convert. In a different English word. Psalm 23. Look in verse, 20, uh, verse 3. Well let's start in verse 1. It says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 3. He restores my what? The word restore there is the same word convert. Which means that he refreshes. He changes over. He rearranges. He makes anew my soul. So Listen. It doesn't matter even if I experience rejection in the womb, the word can fix it. Amen. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Go to Ephesians 1. I know I have you all flipping this morning. You all need this this morning. Ephesians chapter 1. Being rejected is always cured with being accepted. I'm going to say that again. Being rejected is always cured with being accepted. See, the only reason... You got rejected. It's because somebody didn't accept you. So once you learn who's important and who's not, then it'll keep you from experience rejection. See, some of you all got rejected from people you shouldn't even pay no mind into anyway. See, that's why as a single person, you don't want to date unnecessarily. See, I had one rule. I said, if, 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 if I didn't feel or believe that the person that I'm about to ask out was my potential mate, then I was not going to waste my mind, my money, or my time on them. I just didn't date just because I felt lonely that day. No, no, no. Because see, what may happen, you may end up getting rejected by somebody you never should have experienced rejection from because you never should have went out with them. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 1, here's the cure for rejection. Look in verse 6. Are you there? Say, I'm there. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He, we're talking about God, has made us what? Accepted in who? In the beloved. In other words, God has accepted us, so who should be rejecting us? 
And that's why you have to have your relationship with God as a single person intact. So when you meet some of these folks who shouldn't even matter to you anyway, man, it doesn't tear your soul up when they leave. Your soul is still intact. You know why? Because just because they may have rejected you, God accepted you. And when God is at the top of your list, it don't even matter what they think. Amen. So there are three things that you can do to go about getting accepted or understanding acceptance. Number one is, I'm going to give you all three of them and then I'm going to elaborate. Knowing, growing, and sowing. These are three things that you can do to understand you're accepted. Is knowing growing and sowing now go to job go to job i should have told you to keep your hand over in proverbs it's close to proverbs go to job because man job had a revelation that most people didn't even uh that most people don't have see the reason why uh when i when i when i did have a girlfriend that i didn't want to commit suicide after she left me because she didn't mean more to me than jesus anyway See, some of you are, oh, he left me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Are you going to do the same thing you was doing before you met him? (laughs) Give him the peace sign and go on about his business. (laughs) Job 12. Job, job. Some of y'all need one. Job 12. Look at verse 3. Watch what Job says. So powerful. He says, but I have understanding. He's talking to his friends now. He said, but I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you. Notice Job said, I'm not inferior because I know what you know. And when you know who God is in your life, you will never ever feel inferior to nobody. Now go to Job again. Go to Job. Uh, go to chapter 13. Let me show you this again. Job 13, look in uh, verse 2. Look at Job. I love Job. He said this. He says, what you know is the same what I know. He says, I'm not inferior to you. So knowing helps me to know that I'm accepted. You must know who you are in Christ. You must know that you have been accepted in the beloved. You Listen, I remember years ago, God told me, he says, Evan, I love you whether you serve me another day or not. He says, whether you act right or act wrong, he says, my love for you will never change because my love is constant. He says, you have been accepted in the beloved. Man, when I got a revelation that I was accepted by God and there was, listen to me. Now, this, some of y'all can take this wrong, but there's nothing you can do or not do to not be accepted by God. Once you accept Christ as your personal savior, listen, serving him is really for your benefit. He has accepted you in the beloved. Write down James chapter 1 verse 2. It says, wherefore laying upon our filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. In other words, when you know the word, when you know your position in Christ, guess what? Rejection has no power over you anymore. And some of you all have been rejected legitimately. Some of your parents rejected you. Some of your girlfriends and boyfriends. And some of you all have been proposed to multiple times. And you're asking yourself, what's wrong with me? It wasn't anything wrong with you. But because now you think it's something wrong with you, there is something wrong with you. 
Because you have to get to the point where whether you have a boyfriend or not, it don't even matter. Now, I'm not talking about having an independent spirit where I don't need anybody. I'm talking about knowing that God accepts who you are for you with no makeup or not. If you have makeup on, God loves you. If you don't have on none, God loves you. If you dressed up, God loves you. If you ain't dressed up, God loves you. If you overweight, God loves you. If you skinny, God loves you. It don't even, listen, listen. It says the height or the depth. Man, listen, God loves you, period. You can't work for his love. His love for you is constant. And when you know that, when somebody comes with a rejecting spirit, you don't even accept it because, listen, the only person you need acceptance from is the person who loves you. And that's God. That's it. So now when someone marries you, they're not marrying a rejected person. Because see, a rejected person, when they get married, they're very insecure. Where you been? What you doing? Do I know her? Let me see your phone number. Let me see your phone. Let me see this. Let me see that. No, no, no. Everybody say knowing. And then to get out of that rejection spirit, you got, you got to be growing. Right down 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. It says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Grow in knowledge. As you grow in him, guess what? Rejection goes down. Exception goes up. Because, see, some of you all just take what you get. You have no criteria. You just take whatever comes. Well, he asked me out. I ain't nobody asked me out for a long time, so I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah. That's why some of you all have sex outside of marriage when you're not supposed to because you feel if I don't say, if I say no, he going to reject me. Well, let him reject you for that. Let her reject you for that. Because, see, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he said he wants me to present my body as a living sacrifice. So, you know what? If you want to kill my body so you can feel good. And not me not present a living sacrifice? <laughs> Sorry, Buster. Till you put a ring on his hand and go down the aisle and say, I do. Then I don't. Let me put it pr- plainly. I won't. Mm-hmm. You got to be growing. And then you got to be sowing. I'm telling you how to get married. Then you got to be sowing. You say, Pastor, sowing what? Sowing good words out of your mouth. The Proverbs 18, 21, you can write down. It says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Guess what? Your life is in your mouth. So instead of now walking around saying bad stuff or saying nothing about yourself, you're going to say what God's word says. Man, I'm accepted in the beloved. Man, God loves me. There's no height, no depth. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. So it don't matter what kind of past you bring on me. Listen, I'm accepted in the beloved. And, and, and some of you all who were, who were born into that rejection thing, today you can be free by knowing that, guess what? God knew you were going to be here before your parents did. 
And so before you got here, he accepted you like you were. Because it ain't your fault that they didn't plan you. But he planned you. Because anytime God knows somebody's going to be born, he sets out a purpose for them. And all you got to do is know that, okay, my God accepts me. Here's my question to you is, do you accept you? Are you happy with you? You say, well, pastor, how do I get happy with me? First of all, happiness is an emotion. Joy is a state. See, it says the joy of the Lord is my strength. In other words, God ain't going to change. So I can always look for him and get some joy. Happiness uh, depends on the situation. Depends on the weather. Depends on who my boss is. Depends on who asked me out or not. But when you know who you are in Christ and you recognize the real you, can't nobody reject you. And I'm believing that God's raising up some singles in this room that just because they ask you out don't mean you're going to go out. Just, hey, you know what? I appreciate you asking me out. Thank you so much. But I'm good right now. I'm, I'm really focused on my relationship with God. I see, some of y'all ain't never said that in your life. I don't care. Who is the hottest person in Hollywood right now? Man, wise. Who? Come on now. I know y'all know. Give me a hot man in, in, in Hollywood. Who? Yeah, him. I don't know who y'all saying, but. But if he wasn't the right man for you and he came and asked you out, you would have enough acceptance about yourself by saying, you know what, thank you so much. I'm flattered by, your, by, your, by, by you asking, but uh, I'm working on my relationship with God. See, some of y'all going, I wouldn't say that. I would not say that. I would not say that. I will go out with him. That's your problem. I'm telling you, if you get this early as a kid, don't matter what they call you in school. See, you don't have to. See, I didn't grow up. I wasn't. You know how they have Mr. Uh, uh, Valedictorian, Salutatorian, uh, most popular. See, I wasn't none of that. But I didn't let none of those no names make me feel inferior. Because I got to a point where I figured I knew God had a plan for my life. And so when you know that God has a plan, guess what? You can stop running your plan. So what am I saying as I close? What am I saying this morning? I, I, I really need you to, to get this. You need to get this. That your quality of life is based on the foundation that you have of who you know you are in Christ. That's it. That's what I'm saying. So when you walk out of here, it ain't about how you look. That's good. That's okay. That's important. You know, now don't be going to the grocery store in the middle of the night with rollers all in your hair. Now don't do that because you, you might just spot him that night. You know, that, that, that could be, you know, first impression, last impression now. So, you know, I'll be telling my wife, babe, come on now. You can't get your first lady now. You're not the second lady. You're the first lady. Because my wife, she, she, she knows she look good. My wife, she could just walk out. She don't care. 
Me, I'm kind of a little bit more picky. You know, I'm, I'm going to iron my shirt. You know, heaven, they just walk out wrinkled. They don't care. Well, it's not that I, I care what you think. I just care what I think. And that's okay. But when you get to the point where you're so concerned about what people think, it's probably because you have some form, some form of rejection in your life somewhere. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if I ask you today,